I'm so thankful for each and every one of you for hanging out with us today as we continue our series called I'm In. Now, what we've been walking through in this series really is we're talking about church in general, but we're talking about who we are at the Vine. We're talking about who we serve. We're talking about where he is leading us today and where he is leading us in the future. And so I'm so thankful that you are hanging out with us today. Now, I said it a little bit earlier, and I mean it. Here at the Vine Church, you're only a guest once. After that, we consider you family. And don't worry, don't worry. If you're worried about who the crazy one is in the family, you're looking at him. So that spot is filled, so you don't have to worry about that. It's all good. So I just want to say thank you for hanging out with us. Wherever you're watching around the world, we are honored and privileged that we get to spend time with you in this worship experience where we get to encounter the presence of God, sing about the victory. We get to sing about having another in the fire with us. We get to sing about not walking through the season we're in alone. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you for the faces that we get to see by God's grace that we continue to get to meet physically, but also for wherever you're watching online right now. Now, we've been doing this uh, through this series because when it comes to family, so many times for all of us, uh, family knows about each other. It's not just a one-sided conversation. So we're going to get to know each other just a little bit. I've only got one question for us, and it's going to make sense all the way through, so get to know your neighbor today uh, a little bit more than normal. And here's my question for us. Now, this might take some thinking, but it's okay. I know you can do it. Last week, we talked about our favorite school photo. Today, I want to ask you, what was your favorite, like, school activity? It can be any year. Uh, some, of, some folks, it was recess. Some folks, it was summer vacation. I don't know. What's your favorite school activity? Like, did you have a favorite subject? Did you like to do something extracurricular? Maybe it was football, band, sports, whatever that was. Uh, for each and every one of us, what was your favorite after-school activity? For me, believe it or not, I, uh, it's going to speak a lot about me, but I, the reason I'm asking you this is because it's going to speak to who you are. And believe it or not, you might even see who you are in Christ from it. For me, one of my favorite activities happened my senior year in high school. And it happened again when I was in college. So I'll say this, and you're probably going to laugh a lot. And it's okay. That's what we're here for today. We're going to have some laughter. One of my favorite things to do is my senior year, uh, basically we didn't do dual enrollment. So AP classes were out. Uh, so I was a teacher cadet my senior year. Now, if you don't know what that is, basically, I got to hang out. Yeah, I was a teacher cadet my senior year, and it was so fun. I got to hang out with some of the teachers uh, and basically just hung out with teachers and was like an assistant, got to hang out with, with folks who were younger than me. And in that, I just, I, I loved serving. I loved being a part of that, and I loved coming alongside people and building things. And once again, if you know anything about me, the reason this paid off and where I'm going is in college, I had an elective class to take. There was only one available, elementary reading, uh, early childhood elementary like reading. So like anything, early elementary literature, I think was the name of it. Anyway, it was the only one I could take. I needed it to graduate and I said, oh, I'll, for, I'll take it. One of my favorite classes. I got to go in the classroom, got to read to kids, uh, which was really fun. So if you know anything about me, the reason I have such a love for books, and I know elementary books, the classics at least, I may not know all the new ones, but if you have someone who is Vine Kids age and you get a gift from me, it's probably going to be an elementary education book because I enjoy that, and I enjoyed spending time doing that, and that was my senior year in college as well. And so I enjoyed my senior year, showed me some favorite activities I had, and it involved teaching and walking and discipling folks and walking with them in the season they're in, and it led me to where I get to be right now by God's grace. And it pointed me to where I needed to be. And so maybe that favorite activity you have today, you're going to hang on to that because we'll come back to that and you can see maybe what God is creating you to do and how he's made you to make a difference. So just a reminder, through this series, we're walking through our Vine Code, and it's basically our core values at the Vine, what we believe, okay? So the first, we started with the first two last week. First and foremost, Jesus is the center of all we do. We know that. We start and end with that. If he didn't call us to it, we're not going to waste time doing it because it's of us, not of him. And if that's the case, then all it's going to do is fail. So Jesus is the center of everything we do here at the Vine Church. Then we talked about how, how living a, a, a faith-filled big life starts with small next steps in Christ. We talked about how all of us have a next step to take. 
So after we know that Jesus is the center of our life, we know that when Jesus is the center of our life, when we're giving our life to him, it's the starting block, not the finish line. We don't give our life to Christ just to have fire insurance so we don't go to hell. We know that he's got us still here on purpose, with a purpose, and for purpose. And so we talked about how that happens with one small next step at a time and how all of us have a next step to take. Guess what, friends and family? Today, we all have a next step to take. If we're still breathing, there's a next step to take. If we've still got a pulse, there's a next step to take. If we have a pulse, we get to step into his promise even more today. So I want you to know we said we want everyone to take next steps here at the Vine because God has us here for a reason. We said we want everyone to take next steps to get to know God more. We want everyone to take a next step to find freedom from their past, freedom from sin, freedom from guilt and shame. We want everyone to know that they're here on purpose and take a next step into that purpose. We also talked how each and every person here needs to know they're gonna make a difference when they step into that purpose and Jesus is the center of their life. And so today, now that we know Jesus is the center, now that we can agree all of us have next steps to take, we're going to start talking about the next steps that you can take at the vine. So if you've got your Bible today, we're going to be in a book in the Bible. If you had to guess anything about me, surprise, it's the Gospel of John. Uh, we're going to be in John, and we're going to be in a familiar story, but I believe that all of us, and I know that all of us, will leave here better than how we walked in. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in John 13. Familiar story if you grew up in church. If not, that's okay. No problem. I love that our Vine production team is incredible. They'll make sure that all the scriptures on the screen for you, wherever you're watching throughout the week. Also, uh, we have the privilege to partner with a Bible app. You can follow along on there. What's great about that app is maybe you're new to reading the Bible and you don't know where the books of the Bible are. Guess what? You can just click on it. And then we can help you learn where the books of the Bible are. So if you've got the Bible app, go ahead and get to John 13. And I want to read this familiar story for us. And it's going to help us with our next step today. And it says this. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave the world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Know this, no matter what. Christ is love. The cross is love. God is love. If you think that church is all about condemnation, then you're not in the right place. You're dealing with people, not Christ. Christ is love. And he sees in this moment in the Passover festival, he is with his disciples and he is displaying his love. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to, to betray Jesus. What if I just stopped there today and everybody was like, what's your next step? That would just be crazy. We'd all be looking at each other, right? Who is Judas, right? We'd be looking there, but no, the story goes on. Jesus knew that the Father had put what? Say this with me, all things. One, two, three. All things. Not some things. Not the things we like. Not the things that aren't going to hurt. All things the Father put under Christ's power. And he had come from God and he is returning to God. Now, this is important to know that all things are under Christ. Now, we've talked about John 1. Go check that out. When we talked about the Feast of the Tabernacles and why this is important, uh, and, and what's important here is we have to know the mindset of Christ and what he is about to do because literally all things were under him. He is the master of all things. He didn't have to do what he's about to do. As a matter of fact, I want to paint the picture for you of what happened is so many times we miss out on this because we don't know Jewish culture and we don't know what happened in the Old Testament. I want to show you what will happen a little bit later today, why this is important and why this story is even more important. What happens here at the Passover feast is all the disciples are coming in the room, okay? So Jewish custom was they walked everywhere uh, or they, they rode camels. They used their feet a lot. So when... Whenever you came into like a, a home or you were invited somewhere, you wanted to make sure your feet didn't stank, for lack of a better term. You wanted to make sure they were clean, okay? Your feet being clean was important, okay? Normally what would happen is there would be a basin by the door sitting there with water and you would have a basin for your feet and a basin for your hands to wash, to be clean, to receive the meal that's in progress. And what ends up happening is the disciples come into this Passover feast, what we end up knowing as the Last Supper, and there's a basin sitting there. 
Now imagine all the disciples are coming in, and we know the first disciple was Peter. Let's be real. He was always first in everything. He was the first one in there. If you know anything about me, I'm, I'm a cross between Peter and Paul. I don't know what you would call that besides Paul, uh, but somewhere in there, I'm in between there. I'm, I'm stubborn as Peter was, but Peter was the first one in, and he sees the basin, and he's probably saying, okay, well, Jewish custom is my feet need to be washed, but a servant usually did it, or the woman of the house did it. Washed all the family and all the guest feet. So he sees the basin. He was like, ah, somebody's going to come. Then John comes, because John's not far behind Peter. Wherever Peter is, John is going to come behind. And Peter and John look at each other. I imagine Peter's like... <laughs> Dude, I know where you were fishing today. I'm not washing your feet. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. And I imagine after that, like, Nathaniel and Bartholomew come in. They're like, come on, guys. Like, nobody even reads a book or a letter I wrote. They spell my name wrong half the time. Like, come on, man. Somebody wash my feet. Serve me. And what happens is one by one, these disciples come in, and instead of washing their feet, they're waiting for someone to serve them. And that's when Jesus is about to do something and show them how love and action takes place. So they walk in this Passover feast. There's a basin there. They're supposed to wash. They're supposed to be clean for the meal. And they didn't do it. It's just so important for even Peter later on, if you read about him in Acts, when, when, when Jesus said, if he's made it clean, then it is clean. So verse 4, this is what I love about this. So he, being Jesus, got up from the meal. You see, the next step all of us have to take today is maybe, just maybe, Jesus is calling us to get up from the chair and do what he's made us to do. He got up. All the disciples, literally, they had just got through fighting about who was going to be the greatest among them. That's probably why they didn't wash each other's feet. And they're sitting down there having this Passover meal. Jesus has just come in. They've, they've laid palm branches at his feet. They say, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're thinking, man, can you imagine the book deals we're going to get from this? All the exciting things we're going to have. We're going to be rock stars. We're going to be the best. We're going to be on top of the world. We're going to be successful finally instead of being lowly fishermen. And instead, what in up happening is Jesus sees this opportunity before them that a next step needs to take place. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Now listen, this is what's even crazier. Jesus knows he's at his last this is his final words. This is his final act before he goes to the garden. Like, this is it. He is about to go to the cross. If anybody deserved to have their feet washed, Jesus did. But you remember when he did get his feet washed? That extravagant worship that happened, that alabaster jar that was poured out and the woman was anointing his feet and drying, drying, her, drying his feet with her hair and, and washing them with his tears. Remember what the disciples did when they did that? They told him how much of a waste that feet washing was. But now all of a sudden Jesus is saying, remember he told him she was preparing him for burial. He's saying, listen, as I prepare myself for burial, I want to serve you by washing your feet. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Like, think about this. The guy who's got everything under his control should have his feet washed. And Simon, this is my thick head, thick headed. Hey man, you going to wash my feet? <laughs> Like, he's probably seeing everybody else watch. I imagine Jesus intentionally did every other disciple first before he got to Peter just to prove the point to Peter that it's worth the wait because he knew what Peter was about to say. And so Simon says, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replies, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Verse 9. Then the Lord Simon Peter, then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Hang on to that verse. We'll come back to that in a little bit, but I think Peter gets such a bad rap. It's probably because I identify the most with Peter. He gets a bad rap about this, but I want to show you in scripture what he was really pointing toward, whether he knew it or not. But think about this. Jesus, final act, gets up from the table, starts washing the disciples' feet, and he's standing there, and Peter is sitting there saying, hey, wash all of me, Lord, wash all of me. Now, this is, this is before he's getting ready to tell him he ain't going to deny him and all this stuff. 
and he washes all of them. And I wonder, I wonder in this moment as we see, we know the story. We know what's going to happen. Jesus is showing them how to serve. I wonder in this moment right now, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving in you to say, where is Jesus calling you to get up? Where have you been sitting too long? I don't know what that is. I'm going to walk with you through it. I'm going to walk with you through it. But where is he calling you to get up? Hey, maybe it's the neighbor. You need to just say hello. Maybe it's the yard that needs to be cut, and you're like, God, I wish they would cut that grass. That stuff looks awful. Maybe you go there with a lawnmower today, and you cut their grass for them. Yeah, they may yell at you and tell you how bad it is, but maybe that's an opportunity for you to get up and do what God's called you to do. I don't know what it is. We're going to talk about some options here. I don't know what it is. But I believe that Jesus is calling us to get up. Because here's a cool thing. Here's a cool thing. This is what I want you to see. This is why it's so important. Is Jesus don't stay seated long, right? You see, he was, seated, he was sat by the Father in heaven and stepped down as a baby. He lived the perfect sinless life we couldn't live. Died the death, paying the penalty for our sin on the cross. Loved us enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day. We just sang about an empty tomb. And all of a sudden, he goes back to the Father. And where is he at right now? Seated at the right hand of God. But one day, he's going to get up. And when he gets up is the second coming. And we will all be in heaven for eternity. So I want you to see, Jesus has always called us to get up and do something get up and do something even if getting up requires you to be on your knees he didn't make you just to sit still he loves you just as you are but he loves you enough not to stay there everyone's got a next step so today I wonder if we would see what Jesus was teaching the disciples was instead of being served maybe they should have served each other it goes on here in verse 10 Jesus answered to Peter, those who have had a bath need to only wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew that he was going to, be, he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said everyone was clean. Not everyone was clean. Excuse me. When he had finished washing their feet, he put his clothes back on and returned to the place and asked, "Do you understand what I have done for you?" You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. How cool is that? Jesus did the dirty work first. I mean, I probably could do the follow-up washing after that because you know their feet's clean, right? He's, he's literally saying, hey, I've already done all the dirty work for you. Just serve each other. I've done the bloody, dirty work by paying for the penalty of sin on the cross all I'm asking you to do is come alongside each other, lock arms with each other, and be exactly who I created you to be. He goes on to say, verse 15, I've set an example for you that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master. Now remember, God put all things under Jesus, so he is the master, all things. Nor is a, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, look how it says at the end of verse 17. Now that you know it, you'll be blessed if you do them. So many times we have to see, we fall in love with the public platform in a social media world, don't we? We fall in love with the image that's projected. And we say, when I finally get to X, that's when it'll be there. That's when I'll have made it. That's when I'll have arrived. That's when I'll know I have got it done. But the thing is, we don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that happen behind the scenes. And what Jesus is showing them right now is maybe, you know, I, I hear it a lot, and I'll be real with you. I hear it a lot, and this is why I'm thankful for our Vine family here. Uh, for lack of a better term, the sexy thing in the Christian world is to start a church. It really is. I know that that sounds crazy, but it is. And everyone thinks if I have this platform where I have millions of people watching me and thousands of people in attendance, then I've finally done a good work for the Lord. And I want to tell you, if that's the goal, get out of ministry now because it's not for you. Jesus is showing right here, you've got to be willing to do the insignificant things, the dirty things, the things done in private before he will ever use you publicly. Because as I've said, and I'll say it again, I've done nothing to earn this. I'm not worthy to get to stand here. He chose me. 
I don't have, I have to be obedient to what he's called. I've done nothing. I can't, I can't tell you. I have doctorate after doctorate, thing after thing. All I have is Jesus and him crucified, and that's enough. And he's called me to do it. And so what I want you to know today is if you're in love with the platform, you're not serving Christ, you're serving yourself. And that's what he was showing the disciples. Don't fall in love with the platform because guess what? As I've died on the cross, you're going to have to die to yourself every day because the world is going to throw everything it can at you to get your focus off of me being the center of your life and putting you back at the center of your life. And so he does this dirty thing of washing their feet. So I want you to know right now, wherever you are, that the insignificant things, maybe right now, even in those insignificant things you think nobody notices, Jesus sees you. Jesus knows it. And if he's called you to get up and do it, trust him. He'll see you through it. He will. Even the hard stuff. Even the hard Even a, I'm thankful that people here aren't afraid to do the hard stuff like loading in and loading out. Man, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It's worth every minute of it. Because we get to see Jesus in a new way each and every week. So if you're taking notes today, the first thing I want you to know is this. Not only do we believe Jesus is a sinner, not only do we believe living a faith-filled big life starts with small next steps in Christ, we believe in honoring one another to glorify God. We believe in honoring one another to glorify God. That's exactly what Jesus was doing. He was honoring the disciples to give God the glory. He's about to go to the cross. Like I said, if anybody... There, if anybody could have said, could somebody just wash my feet? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. But instead, he honors. He honors the disciples to glorify God and says, look, if I'm willing to serve and I'm your master, you have to be willing to serve too. And the reason that I'm serving you is because I love you. And if you have the love of me in you, you won't be afraid to get up from the table and serve. You see, here at the Vine, I want you to know we say this, and, and I'm guilty of it. I wish I could say that I was 100% at it all the time, but I want to tell you, I'm thankful there's a family here that's not afraid to do it. We will always, we'll laugh hard, laugh loud, and laugh often here because there's nothing like serving God with the people you love. There's nothing like it. We're going to have some laughs. There's going to be some tears. There's going to be some struggle, but if nothing else, we're going to laugh. There's going to be something to laugh about. If you know anything about me, there's going to be something to laugh about. Most of the time, it's probably something I've done and I'm unaware of. But we're going to laugh. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time here. And what I love about where we are here at the Vine is we have sowers who understand this church is not for us. The church isn't meant to serve us. We, the church, are meant to serve the world and go to the ends of the earth with the gospel. That's why we do what we do. It's not for us. We don't come here to consume. We go out and contribute to play the part that we were created to play in the body. And I love that. That's something that's so hard. You don't see, like right now, what I love is how awesome our teams are. Like our Vine creative team, our Vine worship and Vine production, they set this up, make it look all pretty. You don't see it before we get here. And you don't see it after we're done. They're willing to do that, the dirty, insignificant work behind the scenes, so that way each and every one of us can experience God. Because we understand we don't want to just be a part of Sunday. We want to play a part in it. We want to be our part of the body because only when we do that do we get to experience the love of Christ in serving. And so I want you to know what Jesus, I got to share this in our Bible reading plan this week, what Jesus has been showing me, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in a few weeks, but if we really look at this, generosity is what fuels the gospel to the ends of the earth. All right, it's the fuel that propels the gospel to the ends of the earth. Generosity in time, talent, and treasure. Giving those things generously will get the gospel to the ends of the earth, but the delivery system is serving. And Jesus was showing right there that he is living a generous life, but he wants us to see the delivery system by which we will show him to the world is serving others because that's where we get to show his love the best. And so I just want to tell you right now, maybe you, you know that thing that you need to do. Maybe it is serving. Maybe your church isn't open right now and, and it's about to come back online. I want to encourage you, get up from the table and serve. 
Here at the Vine Church, we have opportunities. We'd love to get those in front of you. We have our Vine Kids ministry teaching about Jesus on their level, connecting them in a relationship with Jesus, growing them in their relationship with Jesus, and helping them go share him with the world. Remember, it says this, train up a child in the way in which they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's what we get to do is plant the seeds of the gospel in Vine Kids. We have our Spurs student ministry. We're working to get that cranking back up as school starts back, where we get to come alongside our teenagers and let them see what they were created to be. Like I said, it was my senior year in high school, I saw that teacher cadet day, that I realized what that was, and then I got to live it out even more in college and see what God had created me to be. Maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you love next steps. Maybe you love meeting people right where they are. You ain't afraid to get messy. Sometimes it's hard for me to do that because I want to walk with you so hard. I'll try to carry your cross instead of letting Jesus be pointed there. So it's hard for me, but maybe that's your gifting and you like to help people with next steps. We would love to help you there. I'm sure your local church would love to help you there too. Maybe that's not it. Maybe your best asset. Hang on, I got to do it right for all of our British friends who are watching. I think that's how you do it. I don't know. Yeah, I got to do my little, my, little, my little royal wave, whatever that is, whatever that is, however she does it. Whatever it is, maybe it's smiling and waving and you love creating a welcome environment where everyone feels like they're home no matter where they are. Man, we have a guest experience. We haven't got to do that much in this, this crazy time we live in, but we'd love to help you in that next step. Maybe you're really talented creatively. Our Vine creative team consists of our Vine worship and our Vine production team. They do all this awesome stuff. I mean, I couldn't do this. Some people can do this with a crayon. I, I couldn't. I, no, I can't even do it with a computer pre-programmed. I would mess it up. But these guys are incredible at what they do. They create an engaging experience from the moment you walk in the room. And that, if that's your gifting, we would love to help you. If the Vine church, hey, right now, this is, this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you've been watching online for a while, and you've been waiting to come hang out with us, I'm not telling you you gotta serve to come hang out with us. I'm telling you Jesus is calling you. Your next step maybe is to get up and come hang out with us at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Maybe, maybe your church down the road has been closed and you're waiting to go and, and take a part of it. See when they open back up, get up and go be a part of that church. Be a part of the local church around the world because I'm telling you, the local church is the hope of the world, nothing else. I hate to tell you, it's not a donkey, it's not an elephant in Washington that's going to save you. It's not a dollar in a bank account that's going to save you. A car, an address, it's not going to be a diploma. None of that's going to save you. Only Christ Jesus can. And I'm telling you, where he is magnified and glorified, the best is inside the body, the local church. And so right now, wherever it is, if you would like to serve, hey, reach out to us. Hello at thevine.tv. If the vine is the place for you, we'd love to get the information in your hands to do that. But if your church, wherever you are, Jump in. Don't be afraid because the most, the most important stories you'll ever be a part of happen when you're serving. I'm going to tell you some of the best smiles I've ever had is when I'm serving somebody. Sometimes that's my biggest gripe too. And I'm sure it's the same way when it comes to me. But some of the best, most fulfilling times of my life is when I get to serve someone. And I know the same will be for you. And that's why this is recorded in John. Not only do we believe in honoring one another to glorify God, as we see number two today, it's the second thing, it's the last thing I have for you today before we dive into Exodus 30, we believe that life change happens best in Christian community. Life change happens best in Christian community. It's important to see that. There's Christian community that's happening right there with the disciples. Now, does that mean you can't do good things in the community without Christ? You can do good things, but he didn't call you to do good things. He called you to do things that last for eternity. And that can only happen if Jesus is the center of your life. And you see right here what happens is this Christian community is happening. These disciples are with Jesus. They're all fighting about the glory of this world. And he says, let me show you the glory of the Father by loving you enough to get down on my hands and knees and wash your feet and show you what serving looks like in love. But you see, the reason I want you to see the significance is I, I will tell you myself, I didn't understand Jewish culture a lot. How many of us here know Jewish culture outside of the festival? I don't either. 
I know Jesus fulfilled the law. I know Jesus did it all. There's nothing outside of the finished work of the cross. I don't have to make sacrifices anymore. I don't have to figure out what I got to bring to the altar like Leviticus says. And as the priest, I wouldn't know. I'd be, it's a dove and a goat, man. I don't know what they want me to do, but it's going to be crazy. I'm supposed to do what with this thing? Like, it's going to be one of those things, right? Like, I'm so thankful in Christ Jesus, I don't have to do that. But you see, the thing is, I told you to hang on to verse 9. Remember, Peter said, not only wash my feet, Lord, but my hands in my head and I want you to see what Jewish culture was because what Peter was asking really the reason he gets a hard time is he was asking Jesus to lift him up on a platform that he wasn't quite ready for that's why when he goes and says I'll never deny you Lord even take me to the cross Jesus says hold on there Peter you're about that you're setting yourself up for a fall so if you've got your Bible let's get to Exodus 30 and I want to show you why this feet washing matters even more than ever. Exodus 30. So it's the second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus. And we're going to go way back into Exodus 30 here. And it's gonna, we're going to start in verse 17. So if you're flipping there in your Bible, it's way, way back toward the beginning. Genesis, or excuse me, Exodus 30 and verse 17. And we're going to see why feet washing was important and why Jesus did this before he went to the cross. It's awesome. He showed me this and I was like, come on, Lord, it was on the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Verse 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a bronze basin with its bronze stand for washing. Place it in between the tent of meeting and the altar. Feast of Tabernacles. This shows up in the temple as well. This big basin for ceremonial cleaning. Remember, Go back and check that out when we talked through Leviticus. We made it through Leviticus, y'all. I'm proud of us. We talked about the Feast of the Tabernacles and why that played out. So the tent of meeting is where Moses stepped into the presence of God in the tabernacle days before the temple was built, okay? So they stepped into the presence of God, and the temple is called the Holy of Holies, all right? So he steps into the Holy of Holies. So it says, set up this basin between the tent of meeting, which is the presence of God, and the altar, which is where the sacrifice took place. Set up a basin, and you're going to do something with it. So between the presence of God and the sacrifice, there is a basin that's set up that something has to happen with. And look and see what plays out. You put water in it, right? <laughs> Not going to air wash your feet. You got to put water in it. Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet with water from it. Whenever they enter the tent of meeting or the presence of God, they shall wash with water so that they will not die. They have to wash so that they will not die. Pay attention. Also, when they approach the altar to minister by presenting a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash their hands and feet so that they will not die. This is to be a lasting ordinance for Aaron and his descendants for generations to come. Jesus is going back to Exodus 30, fulfilling this saying, I'm the very presence of God sitting right in front of you, and I'm the sacrifice that will allow you to go into the presence of God and not fear for dying. But the thing is, there had to be something that happened with the basin and there had to be something washed so that way when you entered into the presence of God you would not die and he is that he is the one he is the sacrifice for our sins he is the one that's gone before us and so each and every one of us can enter into the presence of God without fear of death the reason he did this before he went to the cross was to show the disciples the fulfillment of Exodus 30 that between the presence of God and the sacrifice serving had to take place Cleansing, cleaning had to take place. So the significance, I told you, like if you don't know Jewish custom, I didn't either. The reason this is so important for us is because he's saying, listen, I am the sacrifice. All things have been placed under me, and yet even I would choose to serve by taking the water that's in the basin and washing your feet because only through me can you no longer fear death. How crazy is that? The reason that shows us why life change happens best in Christian community is it's funny to me. Where did this happen? Around the table. Around the table. If I were to ask you some of your most memorable moments, memorable conversations in life, where do they probably happen? Around the table somewhere. 
around the table. See, the table's important. I think that's maybe what Jesus is reminding us in this season more than anything, is gathering around the table. I'm not perfect at it, I can tell you right now, but if you know anything about me, my quiet time, I'm usually sitting at a table. And I have some important conversations with the Lord in that. If you've got a family, around the table is where those conversations happen. Around the table. Life change happens around the table. And Jesus, knowing this, sitting around the table in Christian community with his disciples before he goes to the cross, yes, he honors them to glorify God, but he's trying to show them how they have to take part in Christian community to experience life change. After they've given their life to him and they take their next step, they got to be in Christian community to grow. You see, that's what we believe here at the Vine Church. We believe life change happens best in Christian community because here's the thing. If it was one person doing it all, none of us would feel like any impact was being made. It would be really hard for us to feel like our life is being changed, but a body coming together and ministering to each other, man, the growth that happens in that. Man, just because I don't have pastor behind my name or priest behind my name. See, that's what Peter was chasing. He wanted to be the priest. We talked about it. Hey, Leviticus, hands, feet, and remember they had to anoint their head with oil to be a priest. That's why Peter was saying, Jesus, hook me up. Give me the credentials. Let me go. I want one of those cool little doctorate graduate hat thingies. Like, I want one of those cool things. Like, hook me up. Make me high in stature so that I can finally get some respect. But you see, that would have done no good. That's why Jesus said, Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing, but you will. And he did. After Jesus dies on the cross for our, for our sins and, and he rises again on the third day, Peter is one of the early leaders of the church. And it says in the Acts church, what did they do? They never neglected meeting together in homes and they shared everything in common. Now, I'm not telling you that you gotta sell everything so we can go buy a Learjet. That ain't how I roll. That's not what I believe in. But I am telling you that if we work together as our part of the body, we will see life change. That's why we pray every week that we will leave here better than how we walked in. On Thursday night, we have something called a greenhouse gathering. The reason it's called a greenhouse is normally when a plant goes into a greenhouse, it's on its last leg or it's really young and really fresh. But when it leaves it, it's pretty beautiful, isn't it? Most of the time, it's in its best shape. And so we call that the greenhouse because we want, we want our lives to reflect that. We want our lives to reflect Christ. And so we say life change happens best in Christian community. Maybe that's what Jesus is calling you to get up to do today is to get into Christian community. We talked about finding freedom last week. Freedom can only be found not only when we confess our sins to God, but when we confess it to one another because we are so afraid of the judgment that will happen there on the other side of that confession is usually... I thought I was the only one, or I've just walked through that season, let's walk through it together. That's usually what it is. Not, oh my goodness, can you wait till I get on social media later and blast this person in their sin? If somebody's doing that, I can promise you, they're, they're not right with Christ. I'm not telling you they're not Christian, but they're struggling somewhere in their walk with Christ. But I can tell you, real Christian community will always foster growth in you. Not growth in a number, not growth in a bank account, but growth to become exactly who he created you to be. And so today, maybe that's, maybe that's the part he's calling you to play. Maybe he's calling you to get up from a table to start a group. And you say, how hard is that? I can't start a group. What are you kidding me? And I want to say, listen, this is all he's calling you to do. Have an open door. Have a table and be willing to press play at a consistent time every week. That's it. A consistent, maybe it's not every week. Maybe it's once a month. I know we're all busy. Maybe it's once a month. Hey, we can get you old Thursday night greenhouse gatherings. I can get you fill in the blanks. Maybe I'm not your cup of tea and you don't want to listen to me. That's awesome. We can get other resources in your hand. But I'm telling you, if you will gather around a table with people consistently, what will happen is not only will you get beeps all over the place, you will step into being who God created you to be. See, it's no coincidence. That's happening because life change will happen in Christian community because around the table, you get the beep beeps, you know? It ends up being something awesome. And what I mean by that is in Christian community, many times God will speak through the people around you. He'll speak through them. And he'll show you what's going on. And so today, maybe God's calling you to get up and start a group. We want to help you with that. 
Hey, maybe you don't go to the vine and you live in Beijing, China. Praise God you're watching. We'll still get small group resources in your hand because you know what? You're still part of the local church around the world. And being in Christian community matters so much to us that we would rather get that in your hands than you go on walking aimlessly through it. Have an open door, an open table, and have a consistent time. And worse comes to worse, you just hit play and something's going to play on your screen. And then watch what happens. I'll tell you, we've walked through experiencing God, Financial Peace University. We've gone through all of these things. And I'm telling you, even more is the best is still yet to come, y'all. Even more is better to come on Thursday nights. So I want to tell you, maybe that doesn't work for you. Maybe God's calling you to get up to start a group. Email us at hello at thevine.tv. We'd love to get that information in your hands. And so the reason I'm sharing this with you today is I want you to see so many times the washing of the disciples' feet is so important because it shows an act of service. But to me, it shows an act of preparation. It shows an act of Jesus preparing the disciples to actually experience the presence of God, not just in him, but in the Holy Spirit without being afraid, without worrying about whether they're going to die. Because in the Old Testament, every time someone went into the presence of God with sin, they died. No questions asked. Because God can't be in the presence of sin, but by God's grace, he sent his son, who loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day after living the perfect life we couldn't live and left an empty tomb so that we don't have to wait to experience heaven. The only reason we don't experience heaven on this earth is because we choose not to. If he calls us to the next step, we take it. We get up from the table. We're not afraid to get up from the table. We know if he called us to get up to the table, he might be bringing us to a bigger table. Praise God. They got two nanner puddings by God's grace. They got all of it. And then one day we're going to be in heaven and there's a great feast and we're going to be gathered around a table and we're going to have a homecoming like never before and we're going to praise God for eternity and we're going to be fully who he created us to be. But right now, Right now, he's just calling you to get up and do one simple thing. Maybe he's calling you to get up to get to know him more. Maybe you need a Bible. We'd love to put one in your hands. Maybe you need to consistently read a Bible plan. Go to the Bible app. You can read with us. Maybe he's calling you to experience freedom, and that's to get into a small group, get into Christian community, so that way you can leave better than how you walked in. Maybe, just maybe, he's trying to help you find your purpose. I'm telling you, the best way to find your purpose is to step into serving. You'll find out real quick if kids ain't your thing. I promise you right now. You'll find out real quick. You'll find out real quick if teens aren't it. You'll find out real quick if waving and smiling at people ain't it. Because if you're, hi, glad you're here. It's going to be crazy. You're going to be great at Halloween at giving out trick-or-treat candy, but you're not going to be great for creating a welcoming experience. You're going to find out real quick what you were made for. But the thing is, you won't know you're going to be able to make a difference in this life on this side of eternity until Jesus is the center of your life. You're taking the next steps he's calling you to take in him by getting to know more, by being able to step into all he created you to be, knowing that you were made on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose, and you step into that because you're willing to get up from the table and serve that's how you're going to know you make a difference but for some of us as I get ready to wrap up today some of us he's calling us to get up and open the door some of us have never made Jesus the center of our life you see Jesus tells us in Revelation 3:20, he says this he says he stands at the door he says here I am I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens that door I will come in and eat with them and they with me. What he is saying is if you will freely receive the gift of salvation that he died to give us, you no longer have to fear death. You don't have to fear what this world is going to throw at you because you know you're not made for this world. You're made for eternity. You're made for something more. This life, you may be where Peter was before his feet got washed. And you're chasing a status. You're chasing something in this world, a platform, a public thing that you think will bring you satisfaction. And I'm telling you, you'll work your whole life to get there. And you'll be just as empty as you were when you started without Christ. But with Christ, 
with Christ. Even one small next step will bring you more fulfillment than all the things you could do in this world on your own. And so right now, maybe God is calling you to step into his presence for the first time. And you think you've got to clean yourself up. You think you've got to work your way to him. Guess what? Just like he washed the disciples' feet, if you just freely receive the gift of salvation, you're already clean. It's not a seven-step program. It's not something that you have to memorize Bible verses for. It's just faith. It's just saying, Jesus, I know that you lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, and I know I'm a sinner and I deserve death. But you love me enough that you paid the penalty of my sin by dying on the cross, but you didn't stay dead. You rose again so that I can have life and be exactly who I was created to be, to experience a full life at this side of eternity, not just on the other side. And so with every head bow and every eye closed, today we're about to say a prayer. And I'm going to tell you, we pray as a family here for the benefit of those who are coming to the faith for the first time. It's not the words of this prayer that will save you, but the faith. So right now we are going to be praying this prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat after me for those who are opening the door and responding to the voice of Christ. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live died the death paying the penalty for my sin on the cross but love me enough not to stay dead but rose again on the third day so that I may have life come take over my life teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And with every head bow and every eye closed, if that's you and you can say for the first time you've given your life to Christ, I'm gonna count to three and I'm gonna ask you to respond. One, two, three. If that's you, would you please get your hand up? Thank you for everyone who's, who's raising their hand. If that's you for the first time, maybe you're watching online and you say, I'm raising my hand, how can you see me? You're gonna see uh, a hand raised there if you'll click on that. If you're listening right now, wherever you're listening, how we'll see your hand being raised is reach out to us at prayer at thevine.tv or 864-580-6698. We wanna celebrate this next step with you celebrate you opening the door and i'm telling you what you're about to step into is more than this world could ever offer and we want to walk with you through it step by step and for everyone else i'm going to pray and then we're going to continue into worship and sing of the goodness of god so dear jesus thank you for this time that we get to come here today thank you that you came that you didn't leave us in the fire alone, that you didn't leave us all by ourselves, Jesus, that you didn't leave us defeated, but that in you, we can have victory, that in you, we can experience life change inside of a local body and Christian community, that in you, we can serve and be you to the rest of the world and how we serve and share your love because your hope, the hope of the gospel is the only hope that can do anything for any of us. Nothing in this world can ever satisfy, fulfill, or do what only you can do, Christ. So I pray right now, as folks are taking next steps by receiving you and confessing you as the Lord and Savior, as folks are taking next steps by getting to know you more, finding freedom by stepping into community, Lord, by, by getting to know why they were made, by getting to know they're making a difference. Jesus, I pray as you call us to get up out of the table that we would never stop singing of your goodness, your mercy, your grace, and your love. And Jesus, I pray today, more than anything, we leave here better than how we walked in. And that in this moment, we would just be filled with your presence like never before. We love you, Jesus. It's for your name and for your glory that we do this. Amen. Now stand and sing with us.
good? For real, for real. God is good. I'm so thankful that we get to be here and that God is good and that, hey, Jesus is willing to do the dirty work for us. So today when you go and you wash your feet, just remember that Jesus did the dirty work for us. And we don't have to clean ourselves up that he has brought us into the presence of God, the very creator of the universe, putting us in right standing with him. And I'm telling you, if you know that we've done nothing to earn it, nothing to deserve it, nothing that has made us worthy of it, but him and him alone, when he calls you to get up from the table and take one small next step, my goodness, you'll be ready to take it. So I'm saying whatever next step he's calling us to take this week, I'm about to pray that we would take it and that we would trust him with it. So let's pray as we go about our week. Dear Jesus, thank you that once again we get to come into your presence, that we get to celebrate your goodness, your mercy, your victory, that we don't have to go through this life alone, Jesus, but that in you, in you, Jesus, we find all we ever need. So right now, Jesus, whatever you're calling us to get up from the table and do, I pray that with boldness and with faith and obedience that we would be willing to do it. Jesus, it may not be something that's easy. It may be something as hard as washing feet, but Jesus, in that we are serving you and showing your love to the ends of the earth. So Jesus, I pray that we would do that. Jesus, thank you for allowing us to get to meet here every week. We, we are so honored that we get to do that. And thank you for each and every person that's here in our Vine family, all of our sowers. Jesus, thank you for your church, a 